You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Say welcome to Fully Booked. So this is uh, another episode of Fully Booked Meets. You have myself, Mace, and obviously my, my co-hosts, French and Andrew, and Pop, yeah, Andrew Pox. And um, here we have Catcher. So Catcher, I always like to clap my guests in and just thank you for joining us. I hope you are. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. So um, thanks for joining us again. Um, I was really, really intrigued and interested in kind of having you on, as we all were, because. I mean, it seems like you've got quite a bit of back history to yourself. And one of the things that I've seen or, or focused on is that you've now kind of set up this kind of, or you call yourself a mompreneur, and you've kind of got this, this network or this group around you that you help to coach and mentor. And amongst other stuff, I know that you're kind of, you're a nurse by trade, by, or by kind of profession, um, obviously entrepreneur, marketer. And I just want to focus on how you've kind of, you've risen to get to the kind of status of mompreneur and the found and, and foundation or found found in your company as it goes okay so it was cutting a little bit but i i understood your question so um my journey through entrepreneurship um has started a little bit back um i am portuguese born and raised um african descent and came to the uk when i was 19 you know in an adventure you go and explore and you want to study because I wanted to just do it alone. Um, So I went to study business. So that was my first point of call. And my dream then was to work at the Twin Towers. So halfway through my course, and I already had uh, my best friend that was gonna come with me to New York and we were gonna make it there. And you know, the dream was all sassed. Halfway through the course, 2002, September 11. So um, that was a shock obviously for the world Mm -hmm. Um, and on a personal level it just deflates your balloon that was your vision that was your dream that was your drive right Um, so the the course didn't make that much sense anymore I've I've gone through the motions done it but it 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 didn't make sense Um, I then started working on a couple like medium small size companies and you know it was back throat um you know everyone was trying to climb stepping on the next person um and again you just think okay i can climb fast that's no problem but all i'm doing is lining the pocket of someone else i don't see any human value to what i'm doing and i just got completely deflated i'm thinking you know there's no heart in this um in order to pay for my studies when i was doing business I was a healthcare assistant because back then being a EU student, you don't, you didn't have the entitlement of a student loan. Mm -hmm. So I was doing crazy hours as a healthcare assistant from hospital to hospital um, to pay for my, for my studies. So the nursing bit, the nursing bug, my mum being a nurse as well, was always in the background, was always there. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and become a nurse because I can see that I'm helping people. I can see immediately what I'm doing. It doesn't matter whether they say thank you or not. You, you can see the difference. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a lot of human value in that. 
So I did that for a number of years and I enjoy it. Um, but fast forward, you know, quite a few years, uh, I was then pregnant with my second baby, uh, which I called my miracle baby, uh, because, um, you know, no one expected Baba to come. And mid-pregnancy, I was diagnosed with cancer. I was really sick, uh, some sort of something that happens that no one until today knows what made me so sick and what made me become septic. But then because of it, and I'm so grateful, they found the cancer. So obviously there's a, a lot of turmoil, you know, being very sick, not knowing whether you're going to make it, whether the baby's going to make it, you know, saying goodbye to unborn child saying, do you know what? I, I think I must have failed you somewhere because I don't think we're going to make it. It was hard thinking about your older child and thinking how life is going to pan out. You're not going to be there. It was hard. Um, but then the moment that you start getting better, you start thinking, okay, I'm happy with my family life, but if I was to die then, was I going to be happy with what I accomplished professionally, with what I did, with how many lives I touched, with, you know, how much of an impact I created? And my answer was no. You know, I thought, you know, there must be something more. And I had a, an epiphany where I thought there must be a possibility of doing business with your heart in it that you have to be you know passionate about what you're doing and there has to be a way to help others while you are doing business so that was my question and that became my quest trying to find out um you know how i could help others in business um and you know do what i love um with a business hat on so that was me that was how I got to my journey. Cool. And so how did you become a mumpreneur? How did you, and what, do you have a name? Do you have a name for your company? And what's the name of that? Okay. So as a coach, as a coach and mentor, mm -hmm. I'm doing it under my own. So Katia Pontes Kicks. Okay. Um, I do have a company that I'm starting, which is uh, Striver Links. But that's in the background because normally I'm thinking, okay, if I'm doing the coaching, that's what I'm doing. And then I have Mumpreneurs Crown Network. Mm -hmm. And that's the network that I have um, on Facebook as a, a private group. Um, there's a page as well, but it's mainly the private group. And this is where everything happens. This is where I'm getting all of the different mumpreneurs. Um, you know, though I say it's mumpreneurs, I, if someone says I'm a single mom um, and, um, you know, I don't have a job, but I'm just doing the business. Or if someone says I don't have children yet, but I'm doing business and work, I don't exclude. I don't, um, you know, I don't say, no, I'm sorry, this is not for you. My message is primarily focused towards mompreneurs, but I'm happy with whoever gravitates towards the group. So we have men in the group as well. Um, and yes, so this is this is where I. I um, do a lot of my work. So mainly is to do with coaching, to helping, supporting. The main thing um, is I want those women to share more of what they know and more of their journeys. And normally in interviews, we tend to get the celebrities and put the limelight on the celebrities and say, this is the celebrity. See, this is what, I, what they've done. And I'm doing it differently. I'm thinking, do you know what? We can all be celebrities in our own right. 
So I'm putting the limelight on the member, on the mompreneur and saying, do you know what? Tell us about your journey. Tell us what got you to the point that you got to because there's different people on different phases of their journey. There'll be people who haven't started a business yet and they're thinking, is this for me? There are people who have just started and they may be going through a challenge or another and just listening to someone and how they overcame their challenges may be just enough of a trigger to say, do you know what, I can do this. Um, or to say, oh, you know, um, someone else is doing MLM, so multi-level marketing, and uh, they have a challenge. Oh, Katya just interviewed um, someone that does MLM and they're doing really well. Let me reach out to them and find out if they can help me with this particular challenge. So it's mainly just to focus on, you know, helping each other, um, sharing skills, resources, um, and drive, supporting each other, motivating each other through our journey. How many people have you got within your network at the moment? Roughly? At the moment, it's 153. So it's a wow. baby group, um, yes. and it's growing quite quite fast. Um, and yes, it's it feels like a family at the moment, which I hope is a feeling that carries on. Um, and every week, I'm doing a live interview on a member, and we're exploring their journeys. How can you tell me about like the the challenges you had in getting it started up and running? Because you've had you had this idea, you want to have this network, you want to be coach and support, and you want others to be involved in this network. How did you start to build that network up? And how what's the interest like as well? What's the sorry? About what's it like? What what kind of what kind of questions are asked in that process? Well, in the interview, okay, so. Um, the first thing I, when I decided that I was going to set up a business, I wasn't still quite sure what shape or form that was going to be. So I took a 30-day challenge uh, in online digital marketing. Uh, and that really just kind of supercharged me onto my path. So within a month of doing that, um, because I have first created um, a health page, so I have... Um, a page on Facebook called Unchain Your Health. And I also created my blog and my podcast on it. So within one to two months, I had already started everything. But because my health page relates so closely to my cancer journey, mm. I don't feel that I'm ready to monetize it. Okay. Um, so I thought, no, there must be something else. And then I thought, you know what, mums, I would love to help other mums to do what I'm doing and because I'm one step uh, ahead of someone else I can always say to them this is what I've done to get to where I am you know um, and then yeah I created a group for mumpreneurs and then it was just a case of um, you know the people who you gravitate towards I participated on, a, on, a, on another challenge which was a a 23-day challenge, a Rise Up challenge with um, Peter Vargas. And that's all about improving all the seven different areas of the life. Um, and that, that, took, that was a, a whole new blueprint, the way it was done. And at one point, I think there was about 600,000 people in that group. 
So you have 600,000 people all driving in, driven sorry, towards something and trying to improve themselves. So the moment that I put a message saying, look, I'm a mompreneur, um, juggling this and that and the other, um, would love to connect with a few other mompreneurs, I suddenly started having quite a lot of uh, uh, feedback saying, oh, do you know what? This is a lovely idea. I would love to do that. And, the, the, and so it started. You know, I had a group that I had repurposed uh, the moment that I realized that that was what I wanted to do. Um, and it just took off. So obviously behind it, there's always a lot of work. Um, but that's, that's how, it, how the, the, the motion started, basically. Cool. I know you've gone through um, how essentially a mumpreneurs works, but I wanted to kind of like break it down a little bit. So when obviously I came in contact with you obviously via message as to, I think it was you wanting to interview people and yes. kind of breaking down obviously the process and how people can join your page. When people join your page, is it a case of them solely wanting to be a part of the network or is it a case of when they become part of the network, then you kind of like, have an interview and um, like an interview structure, whether they're suitable for what would be the group? I think it tends to be um, a case of either or. The okay. main thing is connecting with a person. So I put the fillers out there and say, do you know what? I have this group and it's to do with um, networking mumpreneurs. Um, you know, would you be interested in, in featuring? Would you be interested in joining? So once the person shows an interest, obviously I have to have a chat with them to find out, you know, what their journey has been. Um, if they would have an interest, because some people just join, not because they want to go and be featured in the interview, it could be just because they want to be in the network. So um, I find out with them what they want to do and what they want to get out of it. Um, I have someone that I'm due to interview next month and um she wants to be interviewed. She has a business and she's doing well, but she's n she doesn't have any experience in being interviewed or, you know, in putting herself out there in that, in that capacity. So I'm doing some work with her in terms of, you know, knowing how to um, identify her backstory, you know, um, working with her on the kind of things that I would be looking to get out of a guest. So questions tend to be, you know, like, like we started here. How did you get into um, the entrepreneurial side of things? What was your trigger? What, what's your story? Um, you know, and, and a few other questions. So it's either that the person comes to the group from seeing a post or from seeing, an, you know, some adverts that I've put somewhere, uh, though I'm doing organic ads at the moment um or you know they come to me and say i want to be interviewed and then we go through the process of finding out you know what um what that would be like with them for them cool i have a, a number of, well, a number of questions i don't want to um throw them all at the same time um one was i don't know you might be able to answer them at the same time one was essentially is it only yourself was he doing the coaching and do a number of people kind of share their experiences uh, because I think, obviously, what you're doing at this moment in time, I think there are a number of women and mums, and as you said before, it's not just women who are involved in a group, men as well. Do does, mm -hmm. Is everyone quite free by way of expressing, obviously, how they feel and, and how they got involved um, in the group? And have things changed with, with COVID at all? I'm not too mm -hmm. sure if you were meeting collectively at a location or whether it's always been remote. 
It's always been online uh, because obviously my health and though I'm much better, um, I still have some niggles and pains and things. So for me, the, the remote side has worked perfectly. Um, and in terms of the skills that the people bring to the group, it's open to, an, to a degree. So I don't have a problem um, of having another mumpreneur that does exactly what, she, what I'm doing with her own group being in the group, right? So I don't have a problem with people because people may say, oh, Katya, you will be fantastic to be um, my coach and I think I'll work really well with you but I may not be the coach for someone else. And I need to make sure that they have the space to choose who they want to work with. So it's more a, a case of showcasing different skills and different um, resources within and people then making their own judgments and making their own decisions. I think that's um, quite a good thing you say that as to, um, you're, not the only, you're not the only individual people look to by way of looking for mentorship also because there's a number of people or as, as as we know obviously we live in a big wide world where everyone's got different skill sets so the fact yeah. that you're not the only individual people look to by way of uh, mentoring is quite good i was going to ask you like can you give an example of what may be i don't know the structure of mentoring or coaching obviously will look like obviously in your in your forum that depends so basically if a person approach me, approaches me individually and says, uh, you know, I'm struggling with this, can you help me? Then that's what we're going to work on. And that could be a number of things. That could be marketing strategies. That could be overall, you know, business strategy as in, um, you know, getting clear strategies for the business. Or um, that could be increasing their online presence and in, in managing the day-to-day -day side of things. That could be from a mum's perspective, um, time management in terms of juggling all the all the things that we have to juggle. So that, it depends basically on the person that comes to you and what they need from you. I think like you're in a, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it before, but you're in quite a, um, I'm going to say a, a niche stroke unique position, but at the same time, I think it's quite a broad space in that I think there are a number of I'm going to say women because we're, we're mumpreneurs um, who, you know, really want, really want to be active by way of, I don't know, being entre entrepreneurs or, or be creative. And, and sometimes it can be quite isolating. I know people can sometimes feel isolated by, by way of time or thinking, not necessarily they can't do something, but they haven't got the support network. Um, yes. So, I mean, with the stuff that you've been through, I mean, are, are you willing to maybe go through some steps, let's say, or words of encouragement by way of, I don't know, because you, you spoke about um, being in abuse, abusive relationships, obviously you yeah. went through a divorce, being a single mum, and you spoke about obviously your pregnancy. Some of the things you may say by way of advice might differ, but is there anything that you can offer by, by way of advice? Okay, so for me, what has helped me through a lot, um, first off, is God, right? Because... Um, I don't think I would be able to um, get through a lot of what I got through emotionally and physically without God's support. Um, the second has been the support network. And whereas before, before with, you know, what I've been through with the previous marriage and everything else, um, I did a lot of the things alone and you just kind of forge your way forward. 
um, because normally when, when a person gets married, they never get married to get divorced, right? Um, so there's a, a bit of shame, a shame attached to it. So um, with that, you just forge your way forward and you just try to kind of keep your head down and get it done. Um, but obviously I appreciate that it's not the same for everyone. Um, my, um, the, the nature of that relationship, um, it wasn't so much physical, but emotional and financial. So I think there's a different dynamics to someone going through, for instance, the physical side of things. Um, but what I would say is, you know, you have to do what is right for you when it feels right for you to do so. In terms of um, the cancer and the um, high-risk pregnancy, my biggest support um, on earth is my husband, has been my husband. Um, he's been above and beyond and, um, you know, things went really, really, really crazy for a bit. Um, so for other people, I would say get your support network. And my advice is your support, support network may not be what, where you think you will get it. Because sometimes I thought I was going to get it in the places where you normally think like, you know, immediate family and so on and so forth. And sometimes that's not where you get it. So get your support where you can have it. Um, the other thing is decrease the amount of negativity you have around you, especially when you're going through something like cancer, because it's all about the mind. You have to keep your mind sound enough to get yourself through it. It's your journey first, uh, and though your immediate family goes through their own journey, you have to find a way to go through your journey before you can support everyone else in theirs. And that's, you know, that is different for everyone. But it goes something as simple as who you tell you have cancer to, you know, because some people will go like, oh, you know, all you have to do is, um, you know, drink parsley juice or something and that will go away, you know. And that may not be what I need to hear at that particular moment in time. So you need to streamline who you are sharing that information with. Okay. Go on, um, Sorry, French. Um, I was going to say, just obviously we're a book podcast, so we'll probably talk about books and because you seem quite structured by way of your mindset um but i had one more question in regards to um essentially the mumpreneurs um mm -hmm. success will probably differ by way of what well, will differ from my history if it's old it could be well yeah success differs like have you got an example of um, um i don't know a success story and as i say obviously success will differ from someone just changing their mindset and going from a frown to now smiling and so on there might be success stories of someone um, beginning a business and now being very successful. Have you got an example, or any kind of example? Maybe? My examples or examples of people who have been successful? I mean, it could be yourself, but I mean, um, anyone else. Okay, so for me, my biggest success is when I'm supporting someone and I see the difference in them and they go like, oh my goodness, you know, thank you so much because this is amazing and now I can do this and now, you know, I've gone over a particular barrier and thank you so much, I couldn't have done it without you. For me, that's, that's amazing. 
to see how much they can accomplish um, and to see them forge ahead, you feel like they're almost like your little children and you're rooting for them. I know it sounds a bit uh, patronizing, but in the heart side of things, you know, you, you want everyone to do well and you're rooting for everyone's first steps in things. Um, for instance, to see, uh, because I do the coaching and I do the mentoring as well. And my difference is mentoring um, tends to be people that I know in some capacity. Um, I may or may not charge them. Uh, in the case, I'm not. Um, and I'm choosing to mentor young women who um, I feel that if um, when I was their age, if I had that kind of support, that kind of mentoring, I could be further ahead in life. So I want to give someone else what I didn't have. So it's a bit of, um, do you know what? Let me make someone's journey a little bit easier if I can. Um, so to see their steps and to see them developing and doing things, that's for me, that's brilliant. So for me, that's success. That's how I measure my success. French? Um, you said you, you wear quite a few different hats. So you do mentoring, coaching, you've been a nurse, you've been a man, you're an entrepreneur. What, still, still a nurse. Hats, <laughs> still a nurse. Out of all the hats that you do wear, what, what is most natural to you? Gosh, that is such a big question because um, even within the business side of things, um, I'm doing practice design as well which I never knew I could do until I started doing so um, and started my hand at video editing so the moment that I remove barriers for myself then I start uncovering new things so that's such a loaded question um, I think anything to do with helping the next person is where I gravitate towards um, so that's my aspect of the nursing side. That's my aspect of the, the coaching side. Though coaching has a little bit of a, a separation because in coaching, you don't give all the information. It's not like a nurse, you go into a patient and you say, do you know, uh, here's your medication, um, you know, the traditional nursing role, because even nursing has evolved. But um, with coaching, it's a bit more of, you know, what is it that you want to accomplish and how do you think you can accomplish that and keeping them accountable. I can give them some resources and say, have you thought of looking here or looking there? But it's still mainly the, the person and it's initiated by them and, it, and the work is done by them. The mentoring I consider that it's a bit more supportive and it's a little bit more um, holding their hand through the process within the stage that they need their hand being held. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, where do I gravitate towards and what do I feel I do best? I guess as long as I'm helping someone, that is my, that, that is my thing. Cool. Um, I know you've mentioned like the kind of, basically, I want you to define what a mumtrepreneur is like it, as a definition. Could you explain? It can be this, it can be that. Like, as a okay. definition, how would you how would you um, 
It is a very um, recent term, right? So it is a junction of entrepreneur and mum, simple as. The difference with, within that is that it is identified that as mumpreneurs or as mums being entrepreneurs, we have um, a different dimension added onto the mix. Because traditionally you consider a man to be an entrepreneur, though the wife may be at home looking after the children. But what if you have to look after the children as well as forging ahead with business? So suddenly you can't do a traditional nine to five if you have a day at home because you still have the kids to look after. So it is, you know, starting work maybe when someone's gone for, where, they, where your youngest children have gone for a nap for instance, or doing some more work when they are in bed. So it's recognizing that there's a lot more time pressures and a lot more hats to juggle um, within that. Doesn't mean to say that traditionally entrepreneurs have not been women who have managed those, but it's recognizing that there's a lot more within being an entrepreneur when you have those other hats on. Okay. and. Uh... I know you've mentioned men are in the group, but is there is there assistance wanted, and how can they assist? Um, at the moment, as the group is still small, um, it's just evolving organically, right? Um, some of the the men in the group are men that I look up to in regards to different aspects. For, so, for instance, I do uh, I'm a marketer as well, and I do affiliate marketing. Um, it's not something that I'm actively doing. It's something that if someone says, do you know what, I have this particular problem. Um, do you know of anything that can help? And if there's a product that I've tried myself and I think, you know what, I've tried this. What, why don't you have a look? Um, as long as they know that I will have a commission from it if they choose to pursue it then it's fine. But for instance, some of the men in the group, they are more targeted towards marketing side of things. So um, it's whoever gravitates towards you because I have women in the group that are nurses as well. So there's no particular, you know, it's not, there's no one size fits all. My message normally is primarily geared towards but I'm happy to receive anyone that can come into the group and feel like they can um, gain value from it. And in terms of assistance, I think only time will tell. At the moment, I'm able to do everything. Um, I have um, a moderator in case, you know, there's some horrible um, post or something and I hadn't seen it and she sees it first. But at the moment, there's no assistance per se as it grows is something that i'll have to consider as p mentioned earlier we are a book podcast so uh we are gonna speak about books at some point uh, but i guess yeah leading into that question is there any particular book that you found most helpful with all the, the i guess the hats that you do wear yes okay so the first one um is a book called boundaries by John Townsend and Henry Cloud. And, um, you know, through the different stages of life, um, you always struggle with having to do um, more for people, 
and sometimes not having the, the expected response back and how you deal with that. And that could be on a personal level with family members and that could be, you know, defining your boundaries with work um, because with my high-risk pregnancy um, and the cancer initially with work I had some challenges and I had to kind of um, you know climb the the ladder in a way um, to say do you know what this is this is something that I need to be uh, I needed to be addressed uh, properly so um, and had to at some point get um, the union involved in things like this. Um, I think I put it down to um, the lack of experience in the matter, you know, not having ha had to deal with someone with my um, situation. But still, those are things that at the time, those are challenges, right? So you find yourself pregnant and with cancer and high risk and you're having to manage um, expectations from, for instance, a ward manager that um, needs to meet certain expectations in terms of service um, service management. Um, so that is a book that I found absolutely brilliant and I would recommend it to anyone. Because the other thing is, when you're Christian, a lot of people expect you to give, 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 give. And the moment that you decide that you're not gonna give, you're not being a good Christian. And that book completely debunks that within um, you know, the Christianity side of things with the support of the Bible and the references. So it's something that I would recommend. Oh, I thought he was going to ask the question. Uh, I was going to ask, and in relation to um, the networking, sorry, the network you have and the group, mm -hmm. is there any books that help you with that side of it in terms of, for instance, you mentioned that you might assist someone with their time management in being a mum and trying to start, set up, or... Yes. Oh, gosh, there's so many now. Um, time management specifically, there's one, but I can't remember the name. Um, but there's so many. There's, for instance, um, we, I was going to say I'll rephrase the question. So, in terms of mm -hmm. you, when you you kind of you've recovered um, from cancer, and then you've you kind of said to yourself, what could I give? What could I give back if I if I passed? If I had passed, what have I really given back? What have I done with myself? Was there any books right then then and there that helped to inspire you to set up your group and to set up your networking to set up um, entrepreneur? as a mum entrepreneur should I say gosh no I don't think it was a book per se back then uh, it was the challenge that I was recommended to take the 30-day challenge okay. so that was because at the time I was still quite dubious as to you know you don't have answers you have loads of questions you have no answers and you don't know how you know how that's going to pan out in which way to turn so that challenge was amazing because it was bringing a lot of people with the same mindset. Um, and as they go through the online digital marketing side of things, a lot of your questions start being lifted. And sometimes it's just giving yourself permission to dream because we always have our dreams, but it's whether we allow ourselves to go there, right? So the moment that you think, okay, do you know what, if I could just try and, and aim for my dreams, then, you know, how would I get there? So that's what that helped with. In terms of books, um, one book in terms of my journey 
one book that I would definitely recommend is Miracle Mornings by Al, um, Hal Elrod. And that's all about, um, you know, how you structure your mornings. And it's proven that if you have a good routine in the morning, then if you will win your morning. And if you win your morning, you'll win your day. And if you win your day, you'll win your week. And that that is definitely a book that I would recommend reading. Oh. Ooh, it's frozen. No, it just... Okay. Um, I was going to... So we can hear you. Can you hear us? Okay, now I can hear. Yes. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, sorry, no. Um, I was going to ask. I mean, you referenced two quite, I would say, quite powerful books by way of, um, them having obviously foundation. Obviously, one in relation to religion, obviously in boundaries, and oh my God, I forgot the other book you just mentioned. Um, was, oh, um, um, Miracle Mornings by yeah, um, Hal okay. Yeah, so another book that has a lot of structure as well, and I thought that was quite. I think it was quite important, actually, to be fair. I mean, I was just thinking, I don't necessarily know where... I'm, I still don't know whether I'm a morning person or whether I need time to actually to actually get into my day. I mean, I imagine I'll continue working, obviously, deep into the evening, whereas this morning, I think I started quite slowly. In fact, no, I woke up early, actually. Do but, you know what I would say, what I would recommend, because I'm not a morning person either. Okay. However, the trick is... Um, if you start putting some routines of things that you can do, you know, some people will start their day with, you know, writing their attitudes. Um, others will start by praying. But if you start creating your little routine, you will find yourself ticking the boxes. And the more you tick boxes, the more you feel like you've accomplished something. And if you start your day feeling like you have accomplished something, and this is why I think, was it Denzel Washington or someone, I can't remember, was talking about making your bed in the morning um, as part of a motivational thing on, on YouTube, um, which is the moment that you feel you've accomplished something, you will feel more empowered to accomplish more. So it's not so much about being morning or evening person, um, because I, I'm a self-confessed evening person. I used to work a lot more in the evenings and do more um, creative work as well. But it's about shifting and seeing whether you can get more from your day by doing so. So I would say, try it and let me know. <laughs> that actually leads on to actually what my question was as to, I mean, you've referenced Denzel Washington, obviously, and the book we're speaking about. Are there any other references you have or you provide to other people? Because you seem quite knowledgeable by way of books you've read. I mean, I've, I imagine there's quite a lot of um, things we probably haven't uncovered by way you know, of books you've actually read. Not as many. There's not as many as I would have loved to, but then, yes. Um, in terms of non-fiction still, um, I would say um, Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. And that is for people who are starting businesses and ha or have a business and I'm thinking, do you know, how do I work this whole social media and how do I get um, social media to work for me and to generate clients? Because though I had studied business before, the whole scene of how to do business has completely shifted and it has been exacerbated by COVID, right? So that's another book that um, I definitely recommend. If, I, if it's someone that is just starting and they don't know where to start, I would say um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert. I, nev I can never say his surname. Um, yeah, Kawasaki? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Kawasaki? Yeah. So, yes. 
um, Kawasaki yeah, shampoo. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's um, uh, it's one that I absolutely love. Um, there is no, there's plenty. There's uh, one that is on my next read, uh, which is um, Think and Grow Rich by um, Napoleon Hill. Um, so no, there's there's quite a lot of books out there that will, you know, in terms of the business side of things, it will help you, will um, get you focused on, you know, your motivation. Um, the other one is the the highly, oh gosh, the, um, of highly effective people. What is it? Seven the Seven Habits, Habits of Highly Effective People. Yes, I forgot who by, but yes. But there's a lot of books in terms of, you know, if someone is wanting to start and they don't know where to and what kind of reads will give, will, will get them, um, you know, the structure and the mindset, the, the motivation, those would be my suggestions. Um, I've got a couple other questions, uh, slightly different topic, and they're both kind of non-related. Um, first one being, because I know that you, still, you said you still work as a nurse. And I know that you've you've recovered from cancer. Have you worked during this pandemic as a nurse, or have you been? So yes, yes, and no. The reason why I say yes and no is because um, my my letter came in late. You know, so I was going to work. Obviously, I wasn't doing the clinical work because I had been recovering. So I wasn't, um, you know, I still don't have the stamina to do a 12-hour shift as I did before. Um, so um, I was doing office office work within the hospital. Mm-hmm. So when the whole COVID happened, my anxiety levels, as you can imagine, because obviously having one kidney and having been so sick and being septic and things in the past, you just, you, you can't stop but worry about what can happen to you if you catch it. Um, so, I, but I went to work, um, and I was supporting, you know, the the, the trust within what I could do. Uh, with at the time, that was completely crazy. Um, and then my letter for shielding came. I think what was it? I think end of June, um, beginning of June. I think it was. Um, and then I've been shielding since then. So, yeah. And the other thing was, because um, I know that you said you were studying because you're, you're kind of, before your, your lifelong dream, ambition, goal, target was to get into the Twin Towers and obviously 9-11 happened. If you could go back to a 15-year-old catcher, what advice would you give now that you're, I don't know how old you are, let's say 26. What advice would you give to a 26? Oh, 20, you're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a... Um, if you could go back now to your 15 year old self do you know this is a a very 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 good question but um i think the biggest thing and the it will have to do with the biggest challenges that i'm finding now because if i had to talk about biggest previous challenges i will have a whole big list of advice that i could give but in terms of challenges now i would say you know what, don't worry about mum guilt. Um, Just do what you can, when you can, because that's one of the things that I will face and I face and other mums, mumpreneurs face a lot of the times is 
if you are spending more time with the business, you feel guilty that you're not spending as much time with the kiddies. And then if you're spending time with the kiddies, you feel guilty that you're not putting any, any time in the business. So that mum guilt is not, there's no solution for it. All we have to do is work toward work, work with it. Um, there's things that we can do to mediate, but I would just say to young Katya, when it comes to that, just done is better than perfect. Just do what you can and um, forgive yourself for what you can't do. Um, the other thing I would say is that fear of starting something, the imposter syndrome. You know, you feel like, oh, I'm not going to be any good at doing things. Mm. Or, you know, why am I even trying this? You know, I've not done it before. I would say forget about that. Because no one is good at anything until they start in practice and fail a few times. So um, if there's something that you want to try, just try it. Tomorrow is not guaranteed for anyone. So I would say if there's dreams in the pipeline, if there's things that you're thinking you want to do, just start one step at a time and do it. Those are the things that I would say. Not to put a downer on on the on the conversation, but you've mentioned in your on your bio that basically you've cheated death over a year and a half. Could you yes. expand on that a bit, please? Yes. So that was my septic episode. Okay. So um, we went to Portugal to celebrate our wedding. I was uh, in my first trimester of pregnancy. Uh, the celebration was beautiful and it went fantastic. And um, about three, four days after, um, I was having quite a lot of pain. Um, and this was in Portugal, mind you. Um, and though I'm Portuguese, because I came here when I was 19, mm. um, you'd, it's not your comfort zone, right? I could easily go to a hospital here, but there is not my comfort zone. Um, so I started having quite a lot of pain. And obviously, you start getting concerned that something related to the baby and then I was vomiting really violently was getting dehydrated um and I felt like I wasn't feeling right uh quite a lot of nights I felt like I wasn't gonna make it so went to the hospital there the first time I approached the hospital near the holiday place um oh you know um we'll give you some um antibiotics some fluids and um, send you packing and pain relief. Uh, when I looked up the medication, one of them I couldn't take um, in pregnancy. So I just thought, no, forget this one. Um, so I had the paracetamol. And then the following night, within less than 24 hours, I was getting worse. Um, so got to the hospital again um, and still not much being done. Um, and we cut the holiday short within the, the, the place where we were. Um, and I went, we went to my mum's place. And that night, um, I was in such a state that I remember saying to my mum, I'm not making tonight. So she just put me in the car, whizzed me through to the hospital where I was born. And, you know, you can't help but think, you know, why here? <laughs> I don't want it to be where it started. That is where it's going to end. Um, and um, they couldn't, they couldn't initially, they couldn't find out what, what the problem was. They did all sorts of tests. Um, they had to put um, 
a tube, a nasogastric tube, uh, because they were thinking that the, the vomiting was so violent that I could induce a miscarriage. Um, so it was, it was really grim. And that was the first day that I was um, in that hospital. And then the second day, I hit rock bottom to such an extent I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't keep awake. Um, I had the other ladies more heavily pregnant than I were helping me because it's like the nurses sometimes get a bit busy. Um, and I, I felt that I, I wasn't going to make it at all. Um, so that hence that part about, you know, at times all I could say was, um, help me, Jesus, because I didn't have the strength for anything else. So that was cheating death um, a couple of times right there. Then the next thing is when you have a cancer diagnosis, you know, you have your life flashing through your eyes. Um, 18th of December, a few days of Christmas, baby in your tummy, a lot of promise because you're thinking about, you know, this Christmas, baby's in your tummy, next Christmas is going to be baby in you know and then the cancer diagnosis um and that kind of just floors you completely you think about your mortality you think about because at that point you don't have any answers you don't know if it's fast growing if it's aggressive or if it's slow growing and it's not uh whether you will be able to um see the pregnancy to the end or or not so yeah that was those episodes there um, and then uh, obviously you go through a, a big operation to have an organ removed. Um, and though I've done it for patients or with patients, a lot of the times you take them to theater and you say, you don't, you know what, everything's going to be fine. Tell me what you're going to have when you wake up. Are you having tea or coffee? Because I wanted them to know that I feel secure in the knowledge that they're coming back. But then suddenly it's me. <laughs> And then suddenly, you know, you remember all the scary stories about people going under the anesthetics, you know, and whether you will wake up afterwards. Um, so, yeah, so those were my interesting episodes and the times when you, you get to kind of see life flashing through your eyes. Okay, I mean, I, it's said that when you have a near-death experience, you also have a new lease of life. So what would you say to someone that may, they haven't cheated death, but they, they need to, they should consider living so? Like what advice would you give them? Sorry, that they haven't cheated death, but I missed that bit. But they should be living like they need to. So what advice okay. would you give them? I would say, do you know what? Um, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Mm sometimes people go through their journeys and they have a, a horrible cancer diagnosis that will give them a prognostic of like six months um and in a way if you think about it considering that we don't know if we're going to all wake up tomorrow it gives them a bit of time to kind of prepare and do things that they haven't done and, and you know create their bucket list and things but in actual fact we don't know what will happen to any of us tomorrow. So I would say, you know, aim for your dreams. Don't take no for an answer. Try something new. You know, if you were to have a, a death sentence, like 
um, what would you feel regretful of not completing? What would you feel regretful of not doing? So then focus on that and just go and do it. And that, if that's still not enough, I would say get books on mindset. <laughs> Good answer. Any, any other questions, boys? No, no not for myself. Oh, sorry, go on, go on, Lee, sorry. I said not for myself. Okay. And yourself, P? No, no, I don't have any more questions now. All right, cool. Well, we're going to finish off, Katia, but we like to play a game called Dope or Trash. Now, what is that? Tell me again, because I, I miss it. It's a boat. It's a it's a game called Dope or Trash, and okay. basically the emphasis is, you know, the term "Don't judge a book by its cover." Yes. Well, essentially, we flip it on its head, and that's exactly what you're going to do. So, I'm going to name out a list of books, and just based on the name, strictly, I just want you to say whether it's dope or trash. Do you understand? Ooh, yeah, okay. All right, let's do it. Um, natives. Natives. Yeah, dope or trash? Uh, I would say dope. I'm, I'm imagining all sorts of um, stuff in there, yeah. Of mice and men. Of mice and men. Or I would say dope. Uh, meditations. Oh, gosh. I would say dope. Sleep. What is it? Sleep. Sleep. Yeah. No, we all know we need it. Uh, trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, 1984. Uh, I, I would say trash. Only because... Um, nah, come on, we look forward. Okay. I like that. The Diary of a Young Girl. I would say, I hope that young girl has been through a few things. Then I will say dope. Cool. The Little Book of Common Sense. Oh, totally dope. <laughs> it's in um, high demand, that. Uh, shoe dog. What is it? Shoe dog. Shoe dog. Shoe dog. I have no idea, so trash. And the last one. The book of Katia's life. Oh, dope. Very dope. <laughs> Watch this space. I should write one. But yes, there's loads of episodes in there. There's, uh, not episodes, chapters. <laughs> loads of chapters. It's more like a soap opera, but hey, yeah. <laughs> we look forward to reading it. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, Katia, do you want to just... Because obviously this, this gets aired on YouTube and it will be out on like all your usual platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify. Do you want to just air out your, not air out, but do you want to just provide your platform and how people can reach you? Yes. Okay. So you can find me on Linktree. So Katia Pontes Kicks. Um, and you have all my links on there. Mm -hmm. And you can also find me on, you know, the main thing is Mumpreneurs Crown um, network so that's the private group on Facebook and, and that's where all the magic happens Excellent. so yes all right cool thanks for joining us Katya um, so Pleasure. yeah to, just for the listeners out there um, obviously fully booked full underscore e underscore booked on the Instagram 
And then, um, yeah, that's for all the social networks, essentially. <laughs> the boys are laughing because I always mess this bit up. But <laughs> I know that once the video goes out, he will upload a little, a little post on there, on the video, which, which highlights all of, our, all of our social listings, platform mm-hmm. listings. All right, but thanks for joining us, Katja. It was a really interesting conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I was check. I was really honoured to be here. So thank so you thank you very much. Honoured to have you. Thank you, Kevin. Excellent. All right. We'll see you soon. We'll speak to you see soon. You. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.